it's really cool to just have people in their 20s in general on this platform to, you know, talk about real life shit that people who are 20 years years old, you know, have to deal with. I heard I learned about you from Jordan. So the way it worked is I think I may have saw like the Through the Wire podcast just coming through like my timeline. But I'll be honest with you. I'm just now starting to get good at consuming content. Like my, I don't know if it's because I'm lazy or I have a bad attention span, but in years past, and sometimes now what I'll do is I'll be like, oh, that's interesting. And then I'll just, I won't look into it for whatever reason. And then I'll be sitting at home bored like, oh, what can I do? It's stupid. No, I do <laughs> so, the same thing. No doubt. <laughs> uh, I heard about Flex from Jordan. Heavy but light. Shout out Heavy but light. Yes, sir. So I heard about that. And then separation came out i'm like oh this is crazy and then i was just talking to jordan he was telling me about like rich vision and everything i follow hayes shout out to hayes um i don't know hayes probably don't know this man uh i'm about to manifest this i shot him a dm a while ago asking if he wanted to come on the show he didn't see it yet but that's okay that's okay Uh, i'll connect that word for you no words i appreciate that i saw hayes i'm like oh this is crazy and then i believe it was either a music video no it was a tweet i saw I, I see you guys you do like the dollar sign in the eye for rich vision yep i saw that and i was like okay he's connected to it and then i did that and then i saw your twitter page i went through the clips and i'm like okay oh this is dope and then i think the name is crazy for one i listened to the podcast uh where you guys how, about how you came up with the name for it for it and the name of the legendary song mm. that's perfect <laughs> I, 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 I think that shit is fire but what um, what really inspired you to just do all these different ventures? Ventures, excuse me, because I just described one, two, two, di- three different things. You're you're in many different places. Yeah. How how are you able to maintain that? Um. Well, I, I maintain it because it's what I want. Um. You can do mm. anything. You my, my my like I said, my parents have been the the biggest and best thing for me all my life. And my mom used to just drill things into my mind as a kid. Things that are we would look at as like cliches or you hear all the time, but she would constantly do it. She still does it does it to this day. We're like just you know, like you could do anything you put your mind to. Like you can, you know, seeing is believing and, you know, just constantly putting these things. because uh, 'cause I'm I'm religious and my mom is a um ordained minister. So, you know, she just throw out little little things, little scriptures in my brain and just, you know, sow seeds in me at a young age. So uh, I think that is what, what molded me to being uh, willing and able to, to do so many things. Because I, at a young age, I was like, damn, I don't have to pick one. Like, I mean, at a young age, I did feel like that. I take that back. I used to feel like I had to pick one. And then I got to a certain age where it was like, I don't have to pick one. So I can do everything that I want to do. Because I, I used to, so to make it long story short, I'm trying to, I'm going to try to make this short. Uh, you can make it as long as short as you want, bro. I got time. Cool. I, I wanted to go to the NBA as a kid, like every, mm-hmm. like everybody. Um, and I, I dedicated myself to the game. I love the game. I love the game. I love basketball. I'm not an NBA guy. Um, I'm not just a college basketball dude. I love basketball. Um, I'm, I'm willing to watch it, play it, whatever. So because I had a love for just the game, not just playing it, but the game in general – I used to do anything I could to be involved with the game. Like I said, I would watch it. I would play it. I would study it. And this is like at age five. So I got obsessed with it. And I was doing things that, you know, that just, 
didn't probably make sense at the time. But we fast forward now, and I'm what I do now. It all makes sense. I'm able to be who I am because I spent all that time just loving the game and and, and studying it every single day. So it, it paid off. But um, over t- it was a point in time where I wanted to go to the NBA. So I know I had to play college basketball, do all these different things. That didn't really go my way, and I was kind of I don't want to say lost, but like you said, I was trying to figure out my identity and who I want to be and what I want to be in the world. So I had a little point where I'm like, I'm definitely not going to the NBA. That's done. You know, like, that, that's a wrap. And so I started doing music because I love music as well. So me and Flex, um, we were rapping together, whatever. And then I was kind of like, hmm, I'm losing a passion for, like, rapping every day. Like, I got the, the passion to get up and really write raps. I don't, I'm not liking this process because, again, I, identity. I didn't know my identity as a rapper either, which made because I didn't know who I was in the world, and I'm trying to rap without knowing who I am in the world, which means my my music don't even have an identity, and that became frustrating. Mm-hmm. So Flex, it clicked for him. He knew who he was. He knew who he was in music and what he was trying to do. So I had the bright idea. I said, you know what? I'll fall back and sacrifice being in the limelight because that don't mean much to me. And I'll take my music knowledge because I studied music as much as I studied uh, basketball and sports at a young age. And I'll help him get to where he wants to be. And that's a win for all of us. Shit, you know, one day I both have to be in front of the camera and be famous. As long as I, if I get my boy in position, we all win. So we teamed up and did that. And that was music to his ears because, you know, we was at that point where he was starting to build up and management and all of that was starting to be a concern. And then, you know, you want to have somebody you trust you know, uh, doing all that with you. So when I presented him with the idea, he was all in. Um, because I had to formulate this idea and pitch it to him because I had to convince myself as well. I didn't want to tell my boy that I was going to do X, Y, Z for him and then find out that it wasn't low-key something that I had a passion for. Like, I, I wouldn't, I didn't want to go to him like, man, I'll manage you and, and sell him this dream. With it. And then next week, I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'm into this management thing. So I had to make sure that it, it was what I wanted to do as well. So boom. We got that. Now me and him rolling. I'm helping him do everything he needs to do. Over the years, Flex has emerged as one of the best artists in Chicago. Cool. While doing that, my cousin, who I do the podcast with now, um, you know. That is Contrell. Yeah. Kenny, right? Kenny. Yep, Contrell. Kenny, yeah. So he's doing his thing on YouTube, building his platform, building his fan base little by little. Um, and at this time, I was living, um, uh, me and my brother had a house and country club hills we had big ass like bachelor pad whatever so i'm i'm chilling in now we we chilling just just doing goofy shit and contrail popped up on youtube so we like let's look at look, look cuz and he on there in his video um fucking saying all type of basketball shit that i disagree with or whatnot and i'm like i'm just laughing like little cuz thinking you know basketball or whatever and um I would see him on Twitter talking about basketball and he developed a fan base where people were flying and I would, you know, go back and forth with him on Twitter. And um, one time I DM'd him because he has a friend group and their friend group, I'm a lot older than them, but I, they would have me in their little group chat on, on iMessage or whatever, but I wouldn't really be in it because I didn't have any interest in what they were talking about because I always looked at them as like this little young guy. Exactly. And I would, de- I, so I put in the group chat like, man, that talk we just had on Twitter, that would have been good for podcasts. We need to do a podcast. 
And I was getting this idea because Joe Budden podcast had just started before it was even named the Joe Budden podcast. It was called, uh, mm. I'll name this podcast later, uh, before Maul was even on there. And then Adam 22 for No Jumper had just started. So I had got hooked onto those early, which had made me grow an interest in podcasting. And I also gained an interest, interest in vlogging for YouTube because Adam 22 was also vlogging and doing his podcast. So I have a tweet you can look up from from like maybe four or five years ago that says I'm about to jump in the vlog slash podcast game and then almost identically same almost identical dates but just a year later we announced that we're going to do through the wire and yeah that just came from sending a text we played with that idea didn't do nothing the first time we had maybe another basketball argument or conversation in our group chat I mean, throw that out there again, man. That would have been good for a podcast. We should probably do something. So you were the one pushing the buttons. Yeah. So I, I, I just put the idea out, and we would flirt with it. Then nothing would happen. You know, we would flirt with it again. Nothing would happen. And then one specific time, I can't remember what it is we was talking about. I threw it out there, and Kenny replied with, shit, what y'all trying to do? I'll get everything we need now. And so I just put the idea out there. Kenny took the initiative to get all of the equipment. And then we just started then. And then I found a spot for us to go to, which is my homie T. Rowe, T. Rowe spot. And then after that, uh, we just started doing it at Kenny uh, apartment at the time. But yeah, I, I threw the idea out there. Kenny took the initiative, which I salute him big time for that, taking that initiative, going out and buying, buying the equipment. Because at first, I was like, shit, yeah, just we all put in and pitch. He was just like, no, I'm, I'm going to get it. Y'all just worry about paying me later, pay me back later, which I think is big because that right there could could have uh, extended that by a two week thing because then maybe Mike needed a week to get his money, maybe Derek needed three weeks to go get his money, then that pushes everything back, and then before you know it, we don't even do it. So that right there is what I tell a lot of people: like, just do it. A lot of people hit me up about podcasts and all. How does it? How can I just do it? My biggest thing is to do it because sitting around and waiting. It just lets the shit go and go on before you know it. You never did it. You never do it. Um, so then that happened. We did the podcast, just being consistent. Boom, boom, boom. It turns to what it turns into. I'm still doing a thing with Flex. Um, early on doing a podcast, building our brand and whatever. Um, it only made sense for me to do YouTube. When you have a when you have a, a, a platform or a fan base, you have to, to cater to them. So they want content. And that's what I do with my YouTube. I just give them whatever type of content they want. I put out clothing and they bought it. Uh, I put out music because I still, you know, I have a, I have a little passion for doing it. So, you know, it's nothing that I lose for doing it. I'll drop a song if they want that. And I just cater to my fan base. Um, and then on top of that, I'm doing everything that I love because there's no limits to this life. It said we have to only be one thing. So I do it all because I love it. So, yeah. Um, before I got on here with you, I was scouting prospects for the NBA draft. And when I'm done with you, I have a call with House of Highlights to talk about a live show. And then after that, um, I might link up with Flex because I got some shit I need to record. Me and, Pro- me and uh, Go Hayes are dropping a project in November. Mm. Um, and my homie, my, my little bro Ontario just hit me up yesterday about Rich Vision Hat. So I'm just doing it all because it, I, I have a passion for it all. The moment anything ain't a passion, I'm not doing it. Or if I'm not having fun with it, I don't care about it. I just won't do it no more. 
But as of right now, I love podcasting because I love basketball and I love breaking down the game for my younger people or anybody that's trying to learn the game or have a, a better understanding. And I'm, I only get motivated to do it more the more and more I hear what these dudes on TV are saying because they're just saying a bunch of dumbass shit that is not right. Uh, <laughs> and then music. Same thing with music. Music is watered down. People doing it wrong. Uh, labels are jerking people. So I'm starting Ridge Vision and I'm treating my, my people fair. And we're going to do it the right way. Independent winning. And we're going to come in the game and shake it up. Listen, we Ridge Vision. I don't have no reason to cheat nobody. I, I get money five different ways. I don't need to take an artist's money or rape them. So we're gonna try to we're gonna just start changing things. Just like just like podcasting. I went when we went in there with House of Highlights and the first meeting we had, I told them out of the gate, what we do can be groundbreaking because we now are younger. Nobody on ESPN or anybody like that is our age. They're all older. They all wear mm-hmm. there's a disconnect. So you put us And they in, don't we they don't cuss either. And they, they don't, don't curse. It ain't, you know, we raw with it. We talking how they talk. We using the slang that they use. We look like them. We dressing like them. You know what I mean? It, it, it's more relatable, way more relatable. So it's going to be groundbreaking. And sure enough, that, that's been what it's done. It's, it, we, we do our stuff brick by brick. It ain't nothing coming overnight. So we definitely ain't where we want to be or where we're going to be. But, you know, we, we making waves and, and it's definitely doing that. You know, we just connecting with people more than anybody has or could, you know, as far as sports talk media. And, you know, you can look at the comments in our videos. When I wear a West Side Gun hoodie or when I wear a Larry June hoodie, the comments are going to say that because I'm, I look like them. I'm wearing the stuff that they want to wear. I'm wearing the stuff that they into. I'm, I'm using slang and shit. You know, one of our biggest segments is called Cap or No Cap. I created that because I'm, I'm in the culture. I know what's going on. And that's one of our biggest segments because we're feeding to the youth. So it's just connecting the dots and and, and, and being relatable as possible, but it's, it's working for sure. Yeah, one thing I really do enjoy about you guys and what you do is that I, um, well, one, the world is leaning away from cable anyway. So watching ESPN, I haven't sat down and watched Sports Center in a very long time. But even with that, I enjoy watching you guys as my sports show because, again, it just feels like I'm kicking it. And obviously, I don't know you guys, but it's like I'm just kicking it with a bunch of dudes that are my friends. It feels like I'm just talking to people versus I'm going on ESPN and I see Nick Wright or Jalen Rose in a suit and they're throwing out statistics. And they say in this year, he averaged this many points. So while you guys bring out statistics, too, you guys aren't in suits. You guys aren't talking very formally. There's no big table. It's just y'all talking and kicking it. And that's why I appreciate the podcast the most. No, yeah, I think we do a, a real good job of uh, combining combining both where you feel like you're in a break room at work or you feel like you're back in high school at the lunch table and you, you, you're just talking shit, you know, basketball. We, we bring that element, but then we also bring the professionalism where, yeah, we can bring out the stats or bring out the facts or the real analyst that, that you know, that the real analysis that the typical person in the break room ain't bringing out. And we just combine both of those. So what we're saying is credible and respected because it's true and it's real. We're not just saying shit that we think, you know what I mean? Which is, that's just barbershop talk when people are just learning now shit that they think when it ain't even true. So you don't have to worry about us doing that. And then number two, we're still giving you that element of like you said, when you feel related, related to it, you feel like you're there. You feel like 
and the reason you feel like that is because it, it, it's how you probably talked about basketball. You've probably definitely been in high school at a lunch table talking about uh, LeBron or, or Jordan. You know, you probably at your and you're at work at the break room has probably had some type of debate or something like that. And that's how we do it. We just make it feel how people have talked basketball, which is amongst the homies, unfiltered, not corny, not all dark, not none of that. It's just real raw. But we have a professional um, analysis to, to solidify what we're saying. So it's, it's just blending both worlds. That's good. And I think you you guys do a good job at it. Now, one question I have is, well, I got a few, of course, but since we're, you brought up House of Highlights, right? How did that relationship start? Um, you know, we were with somebody before House of Highlights. They were just a smaller company. Um, it was it was bullshit, to be honest with you. We weren't happy with it. We weren't really making no money. Um, but Kenny... Kenny just sent the email to them. He, he found out J.J. Reddick just sent the email to the ringer and that worked. So he was just like, let me just send an email. And uh, he sent the email and I got Doug, who was the GM of House of Highlights. Um, he checked us out and, you know, he liked it. And we uh, communicated with them and we talked and things got real. And uh, that was the rest of history. They flew us out. To New York, and they, they basically put their money where their mouth was. They, they treated us like almost how it is when uh, somebody's trying to get a free agent to sign at 18. Like the King of Zamunda, huh? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like they flew us out <laughs> New York, uh, best hotel. Um, you know, they, they pulling up and they, they sending fucking uh, black on black tenant suburbans to come pick us up and bring us to the office. We feeling like celebrities, you know? They, they, and then over time, they kept the same energy. You know, it wasn't like, oh, we got them to sign and now they're not doing that shit no more. Um, they still treat us right, you know. Um, and it's just it just became a perfect relationship. And then once, you know, once you're part of the company now, it's just like, you know, you're part of the team. So now we're just going hard and trying to bring home these championships. But just, I feel that. I'm, I, you know, to answer the question, uh, just really an email, which is. You know, I know people probably think that's crazy, but it's the way shit works. You just got to shoot that's, the shot. Yeah, I didn't think it'd be so simple. I'm thinking it's something like super grand because, of course, we here at ISD do plan on and we will manifest it, you know, reaching a certain level. And we want to reach that level. And we're going to reach that level. No, no, no exception. So which is interesting to pick your brain as to how that, how that works, you know? Yeah, no, without a doubt. How exactly... Did, was it hard to finesse? Because sometimes when you sign to certain companies, no matter whether you're you know, an athlete, whether you're a media personality, whatever, you can't do certain, like, for example, if you're signed to like a certain shoe brand, you can't be caught wearing any other shoe. Yeah. Was it was it hard to negotiate with House of Highlights still being the manager of Flex and running Rich Vision? Nope, not at all. They uh, Really? No, nah, they, they, they like it. They have no problem with it. Uh, they definitely asked... Um, which I respected, but uh, it was a time we were talking about moving to New York to be closer to the company because the company is based in New York. Uh, mm. They also have offices in San Francisco, but the main base is uh, in New York. And we were talking about that. And um, the GM, who I mentioned, Doug, he was asking me how comfortable I would feel, you know, like would, would it be a conflict? You know what I mean? Like what I have to choose between the two or whatever. 
And I respected him even asking that or being informed and being, you know, inversed in what I'm doing or, you know, informed of what I'm doing. So I respected it. But no, it's, they had no problem. They, the only thing they've ever asked about flex was, yeah, would, would, uh, would, I, would, would they be putting me in a position to where I had to choose? And I told them, like, no, nah, don't, they, don't, they don't rub against each other at all. I do both comfortable. So yeah, they didn't care at all. That's that's good there. What um what their main thing would be like uh doing a podcast with ESPN. Oh, <laughs> uh, I see. You okay. Know? The competitors. Yeah. Like but they wouldn't care if uh yeah, they wouldn't they don't care about what I'm doing with Rich Vision or anything like that cuz it's not it doesn't conflict. It's not a conflict of interest. We, Rich Vision doesn't get in House of Highlights' way and House of Highlights doesn't get in Rich Vision's way. So they, you know, they would just be more concerned. And I think that's what anything like the shoe companies being signed to Jordan and wearing Adidas is a big ass problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't think they, I, I, you know, they don't care if you're signed with Nike and then, and then you go do a Gatorade deal because Gatorade doesn't have anything to do with Nike. So you can see LeBron can do Nike and do Gatorade. You know what I mean? And do uh blaze pizza because it's, it's all in this different own different uh lanes. Right. And then go build a fucking school when it's time off. You know, no big deal. Yeah, shout out to Brian, man. That's beautiful, honestly. And when we talk about legacy, I was having a conversation with Pierce the other day. Oh, real quick side story about Pierce, right? So I initially, before I even asked you if you want to come on the show, I'm going to give you all a behind, behind the scenes content, right? So I'm sure there's a through the wire group chat, right? With all yes, four of you guys? Yes, without a doubt. <laughs> and don't you hate it when you put something in the group chat, but nobody responds? Yes. And and I just be like, I know you motherfuckers saw this. No, you know what I'm saying? No. Like, I that then that shit pissing me off. I put you and one other person. I'm like, yo, this guy's dope. Manages flex, part of Rich Vision through the wire. I want to have a conversation with this dude, right? Pierce, funny ass, because Pierce's name is Pierce Anderson. Oh, he was man. joke. He was joking when he said this. He's like, no, nah, I don't want him on the show. His name is too close to mine. <laughs> 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 hey, shout out to him. We got to say, yeah, the same initials, P.A. Pierre yeah. and Pierre Andreessen. Wow. Yes. Yeah, that, exactly. And I'm not going to lie, when I first saw your government name, because I originally, I thought everyone just called you Pee-wee. So I was like, oh, okay, Pee-wee, cool. But then I saw, like, your government name. I was like, oh, okay, like, that makes more sense. Oh, so, yeah, that, that is correct. I didn't know his last name was uh, Anderson. I knew his name was Pierce, but I didn't know his last name was Anderson. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He don't put out his government name like that. I keep telling him to change his Instagram name. He's had that since like we were in middle school. But hey, Rockwood, he's doing good, man. His I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, he's modeling a lot, and and he's doing a good job. Oh no, I didn't know at all. That's what's up, man. That's what, yeah. hey, look. He on he on the same wave. He doing he got this with you and modeling, and that's that's the in in this generation. Um, we are fortunate to to be able to do whatever the hell we want to do. There's no more just be a doctor and go home. Like the internet has made it to where you can be a doctor, you can be a dentist, and then when you go home, you can have a podcast. I mean, like be both. Like you can do anything you want to do now. Um, in this generation, and you probably could have been doing it like that, but of course, the internet made everything easier. Everything is accessible. Me and you are in two different rooms and two different places doing a podcast right now, and people probably won't know. It'll sound like we're in the same room. Because the internet Thanks. is that powerful, so I, I I love hearing and seeing that people are doing more than one thing, especially when it's what they love. Ain't nothing wrong with doing one thing. I got a cousin who plays for uh, the Suns, Javon Carter. All he doing is playing yeah. basketball. That's all he doing. Ain't nothing wrong with that. 
But if you love a mixture of things, like modeling and then podcasting, man, do both. Do not cheat yourself or short yourself by limiting yourself to one thing when you know damn well you have a love and passion for a mixture of things. And see, that be my th- and you're and you're so right. But when I open up right now, right, I'm very, I'll be very timid. I'll be like, man, because sometimes my attention spans, I, I spread myself out too thin sometimes. So I'll be like, man, I, I really want to do this, but I'm doing this. Can I really do this? Can I really do that? I I have a hard time believing in myself to be like, all right, do all this shit, do what you can, because while focusing on one thing at a time is important. If you can put, all, for example, your cousin putting a all your time into one thing can often be more beneficial than spreading out into two multiple things. Now, obviously, you can do multiple things to be successful, such as you, such as a lot of different people. But I guess I'm still trying to find that balance of still having my passions and trying to feed all of them. You know what I'm saying? While still making time to spend time with my girl or make sure I still see my family, you know, it's, 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 it's weird. And, and that's why I asked, you know, how have you managed to keep such a good balance between doing all these different things you're doing? Well, uh, well, what you're saying is all facts. And I run into those problems too. I don't want you to be fooled to think that I have everything <laughs> uh, figured out. And I got this pie chart where it's like, okay, 25 times. <laughs> wife beat. Now I got to do 30 minutes. I, it, it's, it's never going to be perfect. But it's an ongoing, you know, it's ongoing. It's just like everything. It's evolution. So you keep figuring out and getting better and better the same way you do on podcasts. You, 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 not, you, didn't do, you didn't do one podcast and was like, all right, I got it now. I'm like, no, you, you're continuing to try to perfect whatever it is that you're doing and, and analyze or be self-aware of what you're doing. And it's the same thing when you balance the thing. Um, there's times where I'm not giving my girl enough attention, without a doubt. So when she tells me that, or if I see that before she tells me, it's up to me to change it if it means that much to me. And obviously, my girl means so much means much to me. So I do figure it out. And it's sacrifice. It's just that balance, like you're saying. It, any anything that you want in life, you're going to put the work in a half. So it's 24 hours in a day. If I really want to make a YouTube video, there's no reason why I can't. If I really want to do a podcast, it's no reason why I can't. Me and you doing this podcast has been only an hour and sixteen minutes, and it's only it's only two o'clock. So, I mean, there's really no excuse if you want to do it, and that's why I'm telling people it has to be a love or a passion. Don't try to juggle five things because you think you're gonna have five sources of, of, of revenue, and that's gonna make you get more richer. Because then, nah, you you have to love these things because it, it's easier to sacrifice um, other shit. Because you're doing something you love. Now, if you sacrifice some time and it's for some shit that you don't love, you ain't gonna have fun, and you're gonna give up on that shit, and you're not gonna juggle it. So, if yeah, if it ain't a passion, definitely stick to the one thing. No sense of trying to fucking oh, I'm gonna start recording movies because that's just gonna give me another thing to do. It's another way I can make money. And you have no passion in filming movies, then yeah, you just bullshit. You could just be using that time to perfect one thing for sure. Uh, and it ain't for everybody. It ain't for everybody at all. That's another thing. It ain't for everybody, which is okay, too. Yeah, chasing money will definitely have you lost. When I was my freshman, sophomore high school, my mom said, not ask me, what do you want to do? And the first thing I did was just throw out some stuff that I thought could make me a good living. I said, judge. <laughs> now that I'm 24, I know damn well I don't want to be a 
judge. Right. Because one law school, one just the 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 fact that I have the power to like literally ruin someone's life in my hands as a judge and all the responsibility. Fuck all that. And the law and the law system in America is fucking weird. That's a whole different black hole. I'm not even trying to go down. So whatever. No, I didn't want to be a judge. And I was like, oh, architect. Okay. No, Devon, you're bad at math. So I was like, I'm not doing that shit. And then uh, I was on a firefighter path for a while. And I did enjoy firefighting, but I ended up podcasting because I failed out of paramedic school. I um I didn't give myself enough experience as an EMT, right? So there's there there's an EMT basic and EMT paramedic, right? I am currently a basic. I never worked hard enough as a basic to give myself the proper experience to go on and go into paramedic school. Trying to be a paramedic without being a good EMT basic is like trying to run before you can walk. You're going to bust your face. You know what I'm saying? And when I was in school, essentially, I busted my face. After a while, once I failed, and it's crazy because that was such a fucked up time in my life because paramedic school took up so much time. I was still working a full-time job. I had clinical, clinical, I had over, I had to do over 300 hours in a hospital. I had to do 360 hours on an ambulance. I had to see a specific type of patients. I had to do a specific type of skills while having class on Mondays and Wednesdays from 6 to 10 PM while also studying and taking these tests while also working full-time. So my life, I was not hanging out with my friends. Um, I was barely sleeping. Uh, I got curved a few times too. <laughs> um, my life was miserable, man. I wasn't happy. And towards the end of it, I was just like, I told my preceptor, which is like a mentor when you're in the ambulance doing with patients at clinicals. I was just like, man, what are my options to do something else? And he knew it. And it, thank God that I knew him prior to that because he was also kind of a friend to me too. He just kept shaking me like, bro, I don't think this is for you. Like, this is really what you want to do. You have to figure it out for yourself because my performance there wasn't good at all. I was scared. I wasn't confident. I was distancing myself. I was studying, thought I knew everything. And now that I'm actually in my passion, it's what I'm doing. I'm way happier than what I was back then. And it's just, it's, it's good to hear you bring up and just re-solidify that in my mind that passions are important. Because I ain't going to lie to you. A few weeks ago, I was, my confidence um, wasn't at the highest. I was just like, man, like, am I really should be doing this? Can I be doing something else? Can I actually do this? And it's just crazy how life comes and ebbs and flows. I get a new apartment. Uh, my car broke down recently. I got a new car and every, everything's going so good. But for whatever reason, I just, I didn't feel happy. I felt a little empty. But I think it's just because I forgot what fuels me. One thing I always tell people around me is that and one thing I've learned because I've yet to make a dime of a podcast, which is okay. But the thing that keeps me going in it is the fact that I'm happy because success isn't cannot be measured in terms of dollar amount. You measure success by how happy you are, kind of like what you were saying yep. earlier. Yeah. And I'm the happiest. Once I really just stop being grateful for a second, look around the blessings that I have, the fact that I'm healthy, I'm able-bodied, I have great people around me. Um, the girl in my life is amazing. I have a good career. I've connected with people. It's just like, damn, this is a full circle moment. I even looked at the fact that I was able to schedule you to come on the show. I said, man, this is a sign that I'm supposed to be here. That's dope. I mean, I listen, first and foremost, don't feel ashamed at all about not making money on a podcast. It took us a very long time to make money. Very long time. That's just a part of the growth. And that's why you yeah. can't. You, you can't chase the dollars like you're saying. They're going to come. 
Um, and, and another thing about just confidence, confidence also comes from reassurance in yourself. You know, you putting that, you put that work in, you're you're going to be full of confidence. That's why Steph Curry can shoot a three and turn around before it goes in because he's he's putting so much work in in the in the gym that he's that confident in that shot. Now, if he wasn't putting that work in, he would second guess himself, which is why you'll see a lot of players be hesitant to shoot the ball. You see some guys like Ben Simmons not even want to shoot the ball because there is something that's lacking there. There's a certain reassurance that that they don't have because they're, A, not putting in that work. When you put a certain amount of work into what you do, there's no reason to second guess. You're going to be full of confidence because you're going to be like, I know what I'm doing. Like I I used to be the same way. It took me a time. It took me times to get confident in everything that I'm doing. But once I started to put the X amount of work or X amount of hours into what I was doing, I no longer became, um, I, the self-doubt was gone. Because like just like now, anytime I do a podcast, I don't care who I'm talking to, what we're about to do, I, I'm ready for it. It's nothing that they can throw at me that I'm not. And the reason I have that confidence is because I do this. This is what I do. I put in all of the hours to put in. I study basketball every day, which is what we're talking about. So there is no second guess. And I love this shit and was willing to do it when it wasn't paying. That's how you're going to be. When y'all shit take off to go wherever it's supposed to be or wherever y'all want it to be, you're going to know that this is what you want to do because you was willing to take your time out and do it before it became lucrative. It's easy to do a podcast when you're going to make money from it. Easy. <laughs> but to put in the work and be willing to be consistent and take our time and do it, when you don't have the money, when you still have a real nine to five job, that means you're taking out extra time to, to bring something, to do something that you're not even making money from. That's a passion. That's a passion. That's just like dude to hoop five days out of the week at a fucking gym and they don't make no money from it. They still got to go home and work a nine to five. They still got a family to take care of. They still got kids or whatever, but they're making sure that they go to their little rec league five days out of the week. That's just because they love the game. They love the game that much that they're willing to put that much time to something that doesn't make them any money. And that's what you're doing. That's the same thing we went through. We put in a lot of episodes, a lot of episodes, and was not making much. You know what I mean? And I love the fact that our fans was able to see that. I was vlogging during those times, so they seen to come up. They seen me, you know, riding with uh, Derek from the other pod, from the podcast to get to the show to now having a BMW. They're seeing now when we were in Kenny's apartment to now us recording in the basement of Kenny's house. So you can see mm. everything. It's, you just see what the hard work put, will put you. It's not nothing that was, nobody can ever say any of this overnight. Same way with Flex. There's pictures and there's moments and there's videos of us when we first started doing what he's doing to now. And it's it's remarkable because you get to see the whole journey to realize, man, all they did was put the work in. They don't have a rich uncle. They don't have some crazy connection. They don't have anything that I don't have. They just put the work in. Just that something. Yeah, you speak on the growth between you and Flex. Uh, I was at Jordan's, uh, I was with Jordan the other week, and he showed me the videos to my boy, or sorry, my back, my boy, 200 degrees. I think, I don't know, I forget, I forget I'm sorry, I'm, I'm correct if I'm wrong, but I forget which one of those songs is the oldest. 200 degrees. But, okay, yes, I saw that one, and I saw the music video where everyone was in the backyard, and I was back there, and I, and I saw the growth. Versus to like what you guys doing now. So I watched the Founded Me video, which, by the way, that is one of the dopest music videos. Just 
the aesthetic between the song itself, the sample that sounds like little kids and the little kids running around. That that shit is dope. No, that yeah, that yeah, no, that, that's off the chain. But you're right, man. The 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 work is important, and while at times. I know nobody's perfect, so it's just like I used to sometimes half step about it. I'd be like, I really want to do this, or I could take a while to put this out. Because I initially started on radio. I was on like literally like dial in FM radio, and um, I did that for a while. Then I brought Pierce on. And me and him have been broadcasting together ever since. So it's been about a two year journey of me broadcasting. Hmm. And every week, it feels like there's a new challenge, even with the pandemic. Bro, let me tell you, this. Zencaster, I don't, I don't want to jinx this, but Zencaster is dope. But the thing is that with the more technology is good, but the more technology you add, the more complications come with it. Yeah. And so after recording in person for so long, recording in person is simple. I take my USB out the computer, I plug it in at home, I edit it, I'm done. Now with this, oh, technology adds so many different layers to it. And there have been times we've had to scrap whole episodes. There have been times because because when you have a podcast, you're having a flow of a genuine conversation. You can't start it over. It's not going to be the same. You're not going to do it. Yeah. So you're right. I get this. And that's another thing I look back. I reflect on. I'm just like, even though this pandemic was rough um, as a man and as a podcaster, I've grown a lot. I had to learn how to edit better. Um, I learned how to use Adobe It's trying times will forge you for sure. No. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, I think the pod, the, the our podcast has benefited from the pandemic too, because uh, you know, for for something to have made the world essentially stop, we kept going. And mm-hmm. if that ain't you know a sign that, that that we can withstand anything, you know, I don't know what will be. So yeah, like the pod, the, our podcast kept kept going. We ain't missed the beat yet. We talking about uh, an entire league and leagues were being suspended and, and, and postponed. And we was able to show that no matter what's going on, we can create our content no matter what's going on in the world. And that was beautiful to be able to do and to show. And um, it just, you know, uh, another confidence booster, another reassurance that we belong here and that what we're doing is uh, is, is, is to be, you know, reckoned with and, and, you know, that we're here to stay. Yeah, how did you guys continue to put out content when there was no sports being played as a sports podcast? Just talking sports. You know, that, that goes to the point of just loving it and just constantly doing it. It's always something to know. It's always something to talk about. And just being creative, finding different things to do, different conversations to have. There's never nothing to not talk about with basketball. Whether it's being played or not, it's never nothing to not talk about. You know what I mean? And uh, we... You know, we just, it, it's harder for sure. It's harder when there's nothing going on. It's definitely harder. But what you have to do is yeah, you got to put that work in. You got to go and find things to talk about, creative games, just different things to do, um, all type of stuff. We were just, yeah, we were just getting creative, playing games, taking things off Twitter that was going on and bringing them on a podcast and letting those be topics, um, you know, and just, yeah, just really just talking basketball at all. It's always something to be talked about when, we talk, when you talk basketball. Something is always there. And, you know, um, you know, we were just able to, to make it happen and make it work. But it, it's what we're used to because when the summer comes, we don't take days off. Like, we, we go, we're all year-round podcasts. We don't stop when the offseason comes. Um, so we, we were a little bit used to it. 
Good. Now, now that we're on topic of the podcast, what was your perception of podcasting prior to you actually doing it? Um, it was it was what I expected it to be, really, because uh, I was watching uh, Joe Budden. So, if, what, I, what I will say is, I thought it was supposed to be kind of initially like interview driven because I was watching mm-hmm. Adam Twenty Two and his is our interview, but then Joe Budden was just him talking, which I was like, I like that better because you're not relying on a, a, a person to be there or, you know, when you have a get, when you're, your get's heavy, you're kind of, they're not like your fan base or if you have a fan base, they're not there for you. They're kind of there for the guests, which I don't think is smart because I don't want my, my, my viewership to be dictated by who I'm about to talk to. Um, mm-hmm. So Joe, you know, Joe Budden, they, the way he did his podcast really gave me the perception that it's just conversating and uh, it's something, it was something different, but I just like the fact that you could just have a conversation and people would sit and listen. That was intriguing to me. And then when we linked up with house of highlights, that's when we made it to video. So like our first two years of podcasting was just audio. But then once we did video, it took it to another level as well. But yeah, I, I think my perception of podcasting when we started was my perception now is just conversating with individuals who you can have legitimate conversations with, people who are going to have different perspectives or be willing to play devil's advocate and just give uh, different viewpoints and different perspectives while, um, you know, while, while, while being knowledgeable in the subject. Good. That's, that's, that's really good to hear because my, my perception of it at first was just the thing that drew me to it because me and Pierce have been friends since middle school. Okay. So we would just be, and we lived around the corner from each other. So we would just be hours just talking and talking and talking and talking. And so when I was on radio, I was just like, okay, well, shit, come join me, bro. And then one thing led to another, and that's where we were at. The thing I like about podcasting, really broadcasting in general, is just the conversation. I feel like, and let me know what you think about this. I, I feel like the key to anything in life is conversation, whether it's, healing, whether it's signing a million dollar deal, whether it's whatever the case, everything that we've seen before us, the iPhone, laptop, everything started by someone talking to someone. So as much as people say how money is important and influence is important, conversation and talking to people is the most powerful tool I feel like we humans have. Because if none of us are able to get these ideas out, if we're not able to bounce these ideas off someone or find people who are like us and communicate, we'd all go crazy. No, yeah, communication is everything. Communication is everything, um, and that's part of that's part of the reason why I think podcasting is blowing up, and it's it's, it's so many podcasts now. Everybody and their mom is a podcast. Yeah, when we started, it wasn't it wasn't like this. It wasn't everybody didn't have a podcast, but like over the years now, especially in twenty twenty, now it's like everybody has a podcast, which is dope because it's that simple. It's just communicating and communicating. Is yeah, it's one of the biggest tools. I, I, I think vision. That's why. That's how Rich Vision was uh, was created. Because I think having a vision and, and seeing things um, is is on the the same level as communication. I think both are big, um, but communication is big for the world because there's so many different type of people in different type of areas with different type of ways of life. We're all so different and unique that. A lot of our problems come from just not understanding each other. Uh, so when you have Facts. something now where it's based on communicating and talking about 
you know, each other or our own uh, stories or point of views. It just helps us understand each other, uh, which, which I, I, like I just said, I think a lot of our problems come from just not understanding each other. I, you know, like people going to be racist because they just want to be racist. But at the, at, at the end of the day, you feel a certain way towards black people or whoever you feel because you don't understand them and you're not trying to understand them. So communication and communicating gives you a chance to understand me as an individual. And then on top of that, you can also understand my culture, where I come from, why I choose to do certain things, why I'm loud when I speak or why I like this or why I look like this. And you'd be surprised on what you can learn from just a conversation. Uh, well, not you, but the most, most people will be surprised on what they can figure out and what they can learn. So I think that's why podcasting has gotten so popular. It's because communication is, is it is important. And what a lot of people would love to do, and I think everybody knows that, but they just want to pick and choose what they want to be communicated to them. You know, like a mm. person doesn't want to accept the fact that they probably are racist because they don't understand me or understand anything about me or my culture. So they're not going to look to be, you know, have that communicated to them. They'll instead you know, rather me communicate my sports opinion to them because they would much rather have that communicated to them, which is another thing um, about podcasting and communication, too, is that you can also filter what you want to have communicated to you. So uh, that's why we still run into the problem that we run into, even though we have such a um, a big lane being created uh, that's essentially based on communication is that at the end of the day, you can still filter whatever it is you want to hear or not want to hear. So, you know. That's a bar. Yes, absolutely. I Low-key, I, I wish that, uh, I wish that racism was illegal, uh, punished by law, if, if you could prove it. That's probably something really hard to prove. But I just wish certain shit like that, and I don't want to get too deep on this topic because it's heavy, it's being covered everywhere. Um, but I just, I'm really proud of the way the people responded. I'm on, I'm on record saying I'm not a fan of like rioting and destroying things, but again, we're not going to dive too deep into that, but you brought up racism and I, and I, and I really just feel like if people would just listen, some people listen to respond and don't, they listen to react. Yeah. Like they're just waiting to talk. They're not listening to someone to understand somebody. And it's, it comes down to everything. Like you've seen great relationships. Like I'm sure I know it's happened to me before. Right? I've been in a situation where I'm like, Oh, this is great. But we don't truly talk about everything about how we feel. And then it's a ball through the cracks. Or even, you know, because we're going to talk about basketball a little more here in a few minutes. You got certain teams that could be great. And you see things fall apart. Like, for example, uh, I lose listening to All the Smoke, another great basketball show. Yeah, um, without a doubt. They, they had J.J. Redick on. And a lot of things that J.J. Redick and Matt Barnes always talk about was that Lob City Clippers team, how they should have won a championship. But their issues revolved around communications and ego. Yeah, communication is communication is key, man. Especially on something like that um, on a sports team. But yeah, that uh, that that makes all the sense in the world. And when you talk about something like basketball, when uh, it can be an individual game, like I can score forty and help us win, but. The, it, it's really a team game because I can't do everything my, myself. I know points are what people what grabs people's attention, but a team is only as great as the five guys they put out on the floor. So it's a team game, and to be a team and to not communicate is kind of mind blowing. Yeah, it's pretty backwards. 
Um, now, who are you without basketball? Say the game of basketball never enters your life. Who, who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing right now in 2020? I can't even, uh, can't even guess. Uh, probably doing the same thing, but maybe with baseball. But basketball, mm. basketball has definitely uh, changed my life. Uh, bas- I've paid bills with basketball. Um, I just and I just I just made a video on, on my YouTube channel about this not too long ago. Basketball is everything, and I that's why I have such a problem with seeing people cheat the game because I, I am I can I can firsthand tell you all of the things basketball can do for you. So when I see people cheating the game that can do so much for people and it has done so much for people, it, it kind of drives me crazy it's because I, I feel offended when I see people who pay their rent from basketball, who have probably been everywhere in the world because of basketball. And I see them get on TV just saying the dumbest shit in the world. And it's just like, bro, that what you just said tells me that you don't watch basketball, which to me is, is disrespectful to the game because at the least you can, the least you can do for something that has changed your life is watch it. You know what I mean? Like the least you do. Basketball has paid my bills. Basketball has gotten me luxurious things. Basketball has helped me form relationships. It's been an outlet for when times was hard or whatever. It's been an escape. You know, some people look to drugs or alcohol. Basketball has been that for me, a healthy escape. Um, It's allowed me to have an imagination because as a kid or even now, I've had to use my imagination with the game. It, it's helped me. Uh, it's been a communication tool. Um, it's, it's taught me responsibility, taught me how to be a part of a team, taught me how to lead. It's, it's taught me so many different things. It's been such a, a educational tool for me that it's hard for me to imagine who I would be. I know one thing I would be a good, I would still be a good person. You know, I still would have my parents guide me. So, no, I, I don't think I would be somewhere. Um, somewhere uh, fucked up or anything like that, but I just wouldn't be who I am today. Without a doubt, I wouldn't be me. Yeah, uh, I, I actually, I subscribed to your channel, and I peeped that. It's called Cruising with P, uh, Don't Disrespect the Game. Right, yeah, Don't Disrespect the Game, exactly. You guys you guys can find it on this YouTube channel, uh, Big Stacks Porzingis. Where does that name come from? Chris Stacks Porzingis. I'm fucking slow. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite team is the Knicks. We obviously drafted him, and he played for the Knicks, and he was our best yeah. player or whatever. Um, so that was my little Twitter alias uh, that I had made at the time to be something to be fun with, but it grew into something. And um, yeah, I'm a big Knicks fan, so I just kept the name Godfather uh, Big Stacks Porzingis. So it just got a uniqueness because, like, what you just said, people just like, what is that? What does that mean? What is so you know? I just embrace it because people just don't know what it is, and it stands out. Like if you type in Big Stacks Porzingis, only I would come up. Facts. There's not going to be 17 things. You're not going to be like, which big stacks Porzingis are you? Like, it's, it's <laughs> easy to find. You know exactly who people are talking about. Um, and that was my boy when they played for the Knicks. So I was just showing support. And I still, that's still my boy. But you know, um, actually, me and me and him, um, he had me blocked on Twitter for a while. I don't. I think he misinterpreted <laughs> a tweet because I, I I never said anything bad about him ever. And um, my name. Helped him unblock me. My, my cousin put out a tweet like, hey, you got unblocked. And then all our fans start gravitating and tweeting him and tweeting him and tweeting him. And he unblocked me. So I wonder why he blocked you, though. Uh, you know, I had a tweet um, a long time ago. Uh, I thought he said the word nigga. 
Oh. And I posted it, but I wasn't criticizing them. I was I was happy. It was like a big game and he did something. I'm like, I'm like, let's go. And it was like a video and I was just like, he he probably said nigga, but that's cool. He can say it. So I, you know, <laughs> uh, it took off. And like I said, I wasn't saying anything to, you know, be bogus. And he didn't say nigga. Come to find out he did it. But I think that's why. Is that I even put, had a video suggesting that he said that probably pat him blue. Uh, my cousin said it's probably because we have the same, I have his name. So when he's searching himself, a lot of shit probably comes up with me instead of him. So he, yeah. so he can just see himself, which that would be understandable too. But I'm unblocked. We all good. That's good. Plus like that, the fact he saw his name and then, you know, the word that the fact that the word nigga was even associated with his name. He was like, oh, no, exactly. He wants to miss all that smoke. So. Um, yeah, I was kind of, I was surprised when you guys traded him. I wasn't, I wasn't, because I thought when you guys had Melo, KP, JR was still had some years left in him. I mean, he does technically, but that was when JR was really hooping. Um, Shump, and that's it. I, I thought you guys put together something nice, but I know you guys had to trade him, and I, I don't know. I, one thing that really bugs me is that wasted potential, right? And I feel like not saying his potential is being wasted because I think he and Luca are going to get at least two championships. But I feel like why trade? And maybe it's a part of basketball I don't understand that you can enlighten me on. I don't understand why you guys traded him away. That that's a franchise piece. That's a once in a lifetime player. And it's interesting how he came in and started hitting his stride right when Dirk left. But they played the same position and damn near played the same. Except for Chris Stapps, he's the dribble more. Yeah, that's why I like Chris Stapps. Um, well, Chris Stapps, Przingis didn't want to be a Nick. So, I can understand that. You know, uh, I'm in the business of doing what they did. If somebody doesn't want to be there, you trade the ass. Now, my thing, my problem with it is what we got in return. Yeah. Like, I'm never going to be so quick to trade a guy that I'm getting nothing from him. I'd rather fucking uh, just hold on to him and, and, and wait till I get the perfect trade. But the the, the, the thing about it was that Chris Stapps for Zingas didn't want to be a Nick, which is understandable. They were a shit show. He played for a bunch of different coaches. There was no, uh, what do you call it? Uh, structure. Yeah, no structure, no no plan. They you know they got rid of Melo and forced him out of there. That left a bad taste in Chris Stapps' mouth, obviously, because um, – because uh, that was like a mentor or something for him. So mm-hmm. that was understandable. And then um, at the end of the day, uh, they thought he was going to, what is it called? So he was going to be an unrestricted free agent this, this summer before we traded him. And they thought he was going to take the qualifying offer, which then which means that they would only have him for one year. And then he would then hit the market as an unrestricted free agent. See, when you're a restricted free agent, what happens is your team that owns your rights, they can match any offer. So So like Gordon Hayward. I think I remember that. Right. So you could be a free agent for my team and then you can hit the the market as a restricted free agent. The the Bulls can be can be like, here, here's five million uh, for three years. And I could be like, nope. I'm, I'm matching that offer. He's going to come back and play for us. So he was going to just take a qualifying offer, which is what, that's another thing you can do, which is one year, and then you'll be a free agent. 
And the Knicks was like, well, shit, we don't want to do that because nobody's going to really trade for him for, for one year. They, they would just wait for him to hit the market, and we got to do it now so we can get something in return and not lose him for nothing. So the, the, the Knicks were definitely blindsided because I don't know if you remember when all this happened. It was a meeting, and everything was happening you know, step by step, and out of nowhere, he kind of demanded a trade, and the trade deadline was real close, or it was just a lot going on. So they were they were definitely, I don't want to say blindsided, but they were definitely caught off guard, it seemed like, uh, which is hard to understand why or how when you're a basketball organization. But it's the Knicks, uh, and that's the past. <laughs> it's the Knicks. Oh, that's luckily. It's not funny, but it's, it's so sad to hear a Knicks fan kind of describe us like, uh, oh, yeah, man, that's the Knicks. I'm happy we got we got changed though. We finally got changed, so we don't have to worry about running into those same problems. But yeah, that was Phil Jackson. You know, kind of just fucking everything, fucking it up. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I was he disappointed me in New York. I expected Phil, based on I, I talk like I know the like I know the man. But obviously, based off Chicago and New York or Chicago, LA, I'm thinking, oh, he about to turn this shit around. Same, same. <laughs> uh, I thought this is about to be one of the greatest sports stories ever. Back. He's about, and I thought he was gonna be like Pat Riley. You know, Pat Riley, Hall of Fame coach, did his thing, and then now it's like, okay, now I step into this office role and I'm about to do the same shit. No, that shit was a disaster between Derek Fisher, uh, the relationship with James Dolan. The relationship with Melo, KP, that shit was a clusterfuck, and that really disappointed me. That that was another point people was making too when they were talking about Stephen A's comments. Like a lot of like Derek Fisher wouldn't got a job quick, you know. As soon as he retired, he was able to get a chance. But um, yeah. So I mean, that's a part of the game. If the player doesn't want to play for you. What you gonna do? You gonna have to trade him. So that's what happened. We were just unfortunate situation when we tra- we had the, a short amount of time to trade him. And they traded his ass very quickly to, Hello? you know, a team that I'm happy to see him doing the same. But I think we could have got back more for him. We definitely could have got back more. 